Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. O-G. Make some noise! How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. This past Sunday was a dark, dark, bleak day for the local sports teams. Now, should fans be panicking? Maybe. Maybe not. Depends who you are. Anyway, we're going to break it all down for you. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. As I said, a dark, dark, bleak Sunday it was. And, I mean, I want to tell you, for me, it was a day that, it started the night before, which actually, that was that was a good uh, bit of sports that I got to watch. The uh, uh, Triple G Canelo Alvarez fight, even though I thought, Triple G had won. It was going to be a close decision. Alvarez got it. But that was exciting. That I got to see two guys go toe-to-toe, chin-to-chin for 15 rounds, beating on each other. Not only were they throwing bombs, they were receiving bombs off each other's chin. And man, uh, it was like last man standing, but both were standing in the end, though, as I said, uh, you know, Alvarez got the decision. Okay. So that's a good way to get things started. Then I wake up the next morning and I watch, you know, I listen to Sid Sports Sunday, uh, which was great. And I go for my run and I come back. Let's kind of go in order of things. All right. I come back. Order of business was to turn on the Jets. All right. And, um... You know, some people, oh, well, it's back down to earth. It's back down to earth for the Jets and for Sam I Am Donald, the franchise, the savior. Look, you know, as you know, and did I refer to it as yesterday? Because I taped this on Mondays, okay? It gets posted on Wednesdays. So uh, it was yesterday. And and I... um, I'm listening, you know, I'm watching a game, and uh, let me say this about Sam Donald. He can play. Even watching him lose yesterday, not having a great game, he can play. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind 
that this young man can play. No doubt whatsoever. Really. Zero. I don't have any doubt whatsoever. I think he is going to be a success in the National Football League. All right? But having said that, having said that, let me refer to a a quote that I always use from the great Bill Parcells, who was, as you know, coach of the Giants, the Jets, you know, won his two Super Bowls, of course, with the Giants. Parcells used to have a great saying whenever we would come in, especially if it was a young player and a young player, we, we, you know, we were asking how great this guy is, how great that guy is. Wow, he was sensational. You know, he Bill would look at everybody and say, all right, let's not put him in Canton just yet. All right? Let's not put him in a Hall of Fame. Let's not put his bust in a Hall of Fame just yet. And Parcells is 100% right. Now, listen, as I said, I think Darnold is terrific. Uh, I was watching things yesterday uh, that I like. First of all, uh the kid has great footwork. He can run to the left, throw the ball well. He can run to the right, throw the ball well. Not everybody can do that and throw it with some oomph on it. So I like that. He did not have a great game yesterday. Wasn't all his fault, but he, he did not have a great game yesterday. But But the problem is, and this is... It's not just fans, it's media. Media's got a lot to do with this. They make a guy out to be the next coming of Joe Willie White Shoes Namath. That ain't the case, folks. Not the case. He had himself a very nice first game. But not only did he have himself a very nice first game, the entire team had a very nice first game, in particular, the defense. Unlike yesterday. Now, in fairness, maybe the opponent had something to do with it, you know, the Miami Dolphins. But the kid can play. Again, there is no doubt whatsoever. But after the opener, they were making him all-world. And that's just not fair. You know, Jet fans might want to eat it up. And, and, you know, it's not just, like I say, it's not just fans. It's it's media. You, You read about it. You hear about it. And, and the dopey comparisons between, oh, they should have, you know, th- th- who made the right pick? Did the Giants do the right pick by, by passing on Donald and, and taking Barkley because they thought Barkley was the best athlete in the draft when in, you know, four, you know, three, four, four years, whatever it's going to be, they're going to need a quarterback. I mean, I get the comparisons, but the comparisons are silly. Two different players, two different positions. But let's talk about Donald yesterday. Since, you know, uh you know, just looking at, you know, uh you know, some of the headlines and back pages about Donald. The kid was sacked three times. He was hit five times. 
and they were hurrying, when I say they, the Dolphins were hurrying his ass all afternoon. Was that Donald's fault? Or was it the offensive line's fault? I would say it was the offensive line's fault. They did not do a very good job. Now, his his pick in the end zone sucked. You know, it was bad. Guy made a nice play, but it was bad. You know, they, they had a chance to take control, if you will, and really, you know, since they were doing it in MetLife Stadium, in their home stadium, they had a chance to really rev things up. They didn't. Again, I don't even call. I mean, he he's not just he's not what you would call a first year quarterback. He's a one game, or now he's a two game quarterback in the National Football League. So this business of like, oh my God, he's he's come back down to earth. Ooh, ooh, he, he you know he he's he's not Superman. You know, like he didn't have his cape. He didn't. He wasn't Clark Kent. He didn't go into the phone booth and, you know, change and put on his cape. Come on, folks. Let's be realistic. Very good quarterback. He wouldn't have been chosen with the number three pick overall if he wasn't a very good quarterback. But he's like any other quarterback. If you don't give him time and he doesn't get help and if he doesn't have a running game, which he did not have yesterday, what the hell do you think is going to happen to him or any quarterback for that matter? Let's just use a little common sense here when we were analyzing I mean because to me you don't have to be some big football guru to analyze what happened yesterday in that Jets game he had no help with a running game wasn't there now you know I'm, listen I'm, I'm giving you know Dolphins marks and credit they knew what they were doing they took that away, and that put more pressure on, I'll say, the kid, but that would put more pressure on any quarterback. That's what happens. So Sam Donald is now 1-1 one one in his professional career. But let, let's not put this, you know, it's... The Jets on the way to, you know, off we go into the wild blue yonder. Come on. Let's let's get a little common sense here. The kid is a player. No doubt in my mind whatsoever. But as Bill Parcells would say, let's not put him in Canton, Ohio just yet. Okay. He's got a ways to go, many years to go. You know, there was one play, I I will tell you, in that Jet game that still left me scratching my head. And to me, and I don't, 
I don't nickel and dime and, and you know every little play. But this play I did not understand. They were losing twenty to nothing. Uh it was twenty to nothing the end of the first half. All right? Twenty to nothing. And it was second and ten with with ten seconds left. Well there was something like you know, whatever it was, if it wasn't 10 yards out, 15, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it was second and 10. No timeouts left. 10 seconds, no timeouts left. If you're going to throw the ball. Now, remember, the Jets were also getting the ball to start the second half. They're losing 20 to nothing. Like, to me... Second and 10 and 10 seconds left. If you're going to throw the ball into the end zone, you probably, with 10 seconds left, you probably maybe get two shots to throw it into the end zone. If you can do like four and four, you know, and it's incomplete, so you get a chance for a field goal. On second and 10, they throw the ball. It's not into the end zone. Now, I don't know who or what's fault it was or somebody wasn't thinking. Was it Donald? Was it the receiver? Was it Todd Bowles? I don't know. Bowles called it a bang-bang play. Yeah, it was a bang-bang play, but they shot themselves in the foot because the receiver was tackled. At the one-yard line. The no timeouts left. So clock runs out. Bing, bang, boom, goodbye. And let me tell you what. They would have carried some momentum with that if they would have gotten a field goal. Because then they get a field goal, then they get the ball to start the second half. Big difference. I, I just, that to me was dumb. That I did not like seeing. That, that that did not make sense to me. And and again, if you've heard me here, folks, on his podcast, I don't nickel and dime and oh, this guy had to do this and this guy had to do that. You know, I'm not a coach. But to me, that was that was like football common sense 101. So that's the Jets situation, and now they have uh, you know have to deal with the Cleveland Browns. Next week. Wouldn't that be interesting? Wouldn't that be interesting? Hmm. Let's see what happens there. But again, uh, I would not, you know, I would not be worrying if I'm a Jets fan. I would not be worrying at all about um, Sam Donald. I mean, the kid can play. But if you're going to put pressure on him to be the savior automatically, And when I say put pressure on him, let me tell you one thing about young players. I've been around them for a long time, 35 years. And one thing about young players, especially in today's world of social media, it's real easy to believe all your headlines and to believe all your press clippings. You know, what's the the old saying? Crash, what's the old saying? You, no, you, no, you don't believe the hype, but you're never as bad as they say you are. You're also never as good or great as they say you are. Someplace in the middle. Okay? But, um, you know, 
especially in this day of social, like I say, social media, where everything is, you know, on top of you and in your face, it's easy for somebody to get caught up in that. Now, he seems like a fine young man, um, Donald does, but you just worry about believing those press clippings. And if he feels he's got to be the savior, that puts pressure. And if he keeps reading and hearing about it, that's pressure. Because then you think you got to live up to expectations. You know, he didn't get here being a pansy. Okay? He didn't get here being a softy. But you still got to be careful with a young, young player. So now... Let's switch gears and go to a veteran player by the name of Eli Manning. The Eli Manning, the two-time Super Bowl MVP Eli Manning. I mean, folks, you could have knocked me over with the feather. I mean, that's how I felt watching that garbage last night. I mean, I told you. I tweeted it out. I loved the Giants' chances of beating the Cowboys in Dallas. I thought they were ripe for a win, a good win. I thought they played a, you know, while it was a flawed game, there were positives that came out of it against the Jaguars, who, quite frankly, after watching them dismantle the Patriots, uh, they looked very much like a team ready to go to the Super Bowl. Now, again, it's only two games in, so I'm not putting them there, but they look for real. They they got a very a real for real defense. But I thought coming off that game, which the Giants still had a chance to win, I thought it was ripe for them to come up with a big game. Which brings me to a problem that Mr. Donald had. The offensive line. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Or I might say, holy shit. Either way, what a debacle that was. I mean, Eli was sacked six times. Now, for, forget the, the, you know, the home run ball, a 64-yard touchdown uh, pass, uh, a minute 34 in. That happens. That can happen. You don't have to like it. I certainly didn't like watching it. But that can happen. But uh, the offense, I mean, offensive line, again, offensive line play. If I thought the Jets' offensive line play was poor in yesterday's game, what the hell am I supposed to say about the Giants' offensive line play? I mean, Eli, talk about running for your life. It's not good. You know, and, and, you know, team guys, everybody's going to say the right thing because, you know, certainly that's the way Eli is, is, you know, has confidence in his men and blah, blah, blah. But really, I mean, I mean, they got a stud. They got a $95 million wide receiver who I, what he caught, four, catch four passes yesterday? Odell Beckham Jr.? You got um, Barkley catching 11 to 12, whatever the hell it was, for 80 yards. I mean, Barkley's the number two pick in the draft. The, the, the Giants 
grabbed him because they felt he was the best athlete in the draft. They weren't worried about, oh, what's somebody going to say that we need a quarterback? Obviously, you know, in 10 years, Eli's not going to be there. Chances are four or five, he's not going to be there. Okay? But having said that, they got a guy who is, and you could tell, just he he's a bona fide, you know, blue chip running back. I'm not putting him, I'm, you know, I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame yet, but you can tell he's a player. He he makes things happen. He makes he makes chicken salad out of chicken shit. But you didn't get this guy for checkdowns and and safety valves. You got this guy to make something happen. I, I you know, I get, I get a check down now and then. But th- that's all it was. You know, to me, if you're just going to give a little check down, that's no different to me as giving a handoff. Now, if you want to hit, you, you know, like I call it a moving target. If you want to hit him on a nice little screen where he's got a full steam ahead going, that's the different story. Then you're watching a thoroughbred r- running out of the gate. Okay? But that's not what I got to see yesterday. And don't blame, you know, don't start beating, you know, it's not all Eric Flowers. Because quite frankly, Eric had an improved performance from the week before. And he, nobody on that offensive line played well. The other side was getting smacked. You know, was it? I mean, wasn't the Giants' defense? I mean, you know, think about it. They got beat on a home run yesterday, and then a, a later touchdown. So they've allowed the defense has allowed three touchdowns in two games. The defense, that ain't bad, but this. I mean, you have stars, explosive, dynamic, offensive weapons on the Giants. The $95 million man, Odell Beckham Jr., Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, and of course, Mr. Saquon Barkley. Are you kidding me? Coaches would give their left you-know-what to have any one of them on their team. Anyone. This has to be fixed in a hurry. It has to be fixed in a hurry. You know, I, I, I speak with Pat Shermer every week because I do, you know, the Giants pregame shows when the games are on Fox TV. I didn't do one this past week because it was an NBC game on Sunday night. And, you know, he's a level-headed guy. Uh, He's got a tremendous demeanor. You know, you you can't, you can't, he can't react as if the sky is falling. 
but now he's 0-2. And the Giants have, remember, he's 0-2 coming off of 3-13. and Now, that wasn't his 3-13, and but nonetheless, he's still 0-2 coming off of 3-13. and So, all you had to do was read the papers today. The natives are getting restless. Very, very restless. And it's about to get real ugly if the bleeding is not stopped immediately. And, I, you know, I said this going into the season, folks. You look at the Giants' schedule. I mean, they open with Jacksonville. They go. On, they went on the road to Dallas. They're on the road next week again down in Texas against the Texans. Oh, great. They can face J.J. Watt. Yeah, that, that's when your offensive line, you know, is having problems. That's just uh, what the doctor ordered. Okay. Then they come home to face New Orleans. Then they're on the road to Carolina. Then they're home against the Eagles. Then they're down in Atlanta. Then they're home against Washington. Which one of those is easy? It's a brutal schedule. A brutal schedule. But if if they lose this week coming up against the Texans and go to 0-3, oh, my goodness, it is going to be unbearable. It'll be the sky is falling, the world's coming to an end, uh, uh, Guard the the women and children, you know, they're coming to get us. It's it's gonna be terrible. And then the inevitable happens, which quite frankly, uh when I say the inevitable happens, and it happened this morning, it was even last night during the game. The discussion comes up. I mean, it was a it was a giants. A Giants-Cowboys game. And the announcers are talking about, well, should we have taken, um, what should the Giants have done? Should they have taken, you know, that's Chris Collinsworth. Uh, Should they they have taken the Giants, uh, should the Giants have taken Barkley or should they have gone for Donald? And then Collinsworth says, well, you know what? I would have gone for Donald, you know, because he's a quarterback and yada, yada, yada. You know, Eli is not going to be there, you know, you know, you know, three, four years the most. Okay. Now, to, to Collinsworth's credit, he said, um, you, you know, but they got who they felt was the best player in the draft. And, and he's a tremendous talent in, in Saquon Barkley. Folks, every time somebody's going to have a bad game or something's going to go wrong with the Giants, they're going to bring this garbage up every time. You know what? It's fair to bring it up a little down the road. I'm not even saying a lot down the road. But two games in? Two games in? Because let me tell you something. Had they won... Two games. Had the Giants won two games instead of losing two games? If they were 2-0 and instead of 0-2? Oh 
you wouldn't be hearing any of this. We're talking about two games. Listen, you heard me open up. I mean, the offensive line sucked. It was terrible. But you can't go nuts after two games. I mean, I'm admitting to you that they got to stop the bleeding. And and they got to stop the bleeding because they got to feel good about themselves. And and it's going to get ugly because that's the way it is now with fans and social media and the media. Come on. But every time, I mean, it's you're going to tell me, oh, no. Let me ask you a question. What the hell do you think Sam Donald would have done behind that line last night? Yeah? What do you think Sam Donald would have done behind that Giants offensive line last night? And don't forget, Sam Donald would not have had Saquon Barkley. So what do you think Sam Donald would have done with that offensive line last night? I mean, he had his own problems with his own offensive line. Hence, the interceptions. Hence, getting knocked on his ass. Hence, the hurries. Hence, the loss. I mean, really? What do you think Sam Donald would have done last night behind the Giants' offensive line? Think about it. And he wouldn't have had Saquon Barkley to check off to. Give it a rest. I mean, it it, it becomes silly. You know, I host this thing on Giants.com, Big Blue Kickoff. I do a call-in show every um, Tuesday and Wednesday on Giants.com, you know, from one thirty to 2.30. After the first game, after the first game, after the after the Giants lost their opener to the Jags, it was inevitable. I got a, one of the first calls. Oh, Rust, I don't know. D- d- do you think we made a mistake? You you think they should have taken Donald based on what? And that's after Saquon Barkley ran for a sixty-eight yard touchdown. To pull the Giants out of a huge hole. I, I I mean, folks, we're all entitled to opinions. But remember something. What did I say? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Okay? I, I mean, come on. You know, you, you can't... It, it, and that's that's coaching too and, and general managing. You can't react every time. I mean I mean the the best ones don't react. But this is getting silly. I, I mean really. Okay, yeah, tell me what Donald would have done behind that Giants offensive line last night. Yeah. Tell me. You know what he would have said? He would have wished he was back at USC. That's what, that's what he would have wished for. Giants need to fix their offensive line. That's the problem. Okay? It's not the quarterback. 
It's not the draft pick. It's the offensive line needs to be fixed. Now, are the problems that they've had the first two games as a result of them just being new? We're going to find out because now they have two games together and a ton of mistakes. So let's see if they're going to improve. But to be going cuckoo and bonkers after the two games, I think that's a little nuts. So, you know, forgive me if you don't like what I'm saying, but tough shit. I mean, really, I'm I'm trying to have some fun with you folks, but come on. I mean, some people are just ridiculous with this business. Really, really foolish. It, 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 it's getting, you know, it's getting to the point of, of ridiculous silliness. Far, far too much. Far, far too much. Don't think it makes any sense whatsoever. None. Okay? So that's your story, your dark stories with your Jets and your Giants. Now... Now let's go to baseball. The only good thing about baseball yesterday, Jacob DeGrom didn't get a loss. He didn't get a win, but he didn't get a loss. Once again, he got nothing to show for his uh, seven innings, three hits, a walk, three runs. One came on a sacrifice fly. Two came on a uh, Brock Holt home run. 12 Ks. ERA remains 1.78. That's your bright spot. Your dark spot, though, is your Yankees. I don't know. Um, I said this early, early, when we were going into the season. My question about the Yankees was their starting pitching. My question now as we come into the last two weeks of the season, is my starting pitching. Only it's a bigger problem now because they are stumbling. When I say they, the Yankees are stumbling and bumbling and struggling to get to the finish line. Again, they lose yesterday. Yesterday was Betances. The the Yankees look, I said it to my buddy Crash here, the the Yankees look like a team. Don't misconstrue this. I'm not saying they look like a team that quit. I'm not saying they look like a team that's given up. I'm not, not saying that at all. But they look like a dog tired team. They look like a team that is out of gas. They look like a team where the tank is close to being on empty. They just look like they're lacking. And don't get me wrong, folks. You take the judges, and you know they were out of the lineup, and you had Sanchez out, and you had Didi out for a while there. You're talking about th- three guys. I mean, yeah. Such is life. Nobody was making excuses for the Mets when, you know, uh, Ioannis was out, Cespedes was out, right? 
Jay Bruce, everybody, you know, all of a sudden they're not killing Jay Bruce anymore because, you know what, maybe Jay Bruce was really hurt. I mean, it's it, it, in fairness, it's 6-1, you, you, you know, it's apples and oranges, okay? But the Yankees pitching, I mean, they got serious problems with their pitching. CC looks like an old guy now. I mean, in baseball years, he is, but he just does does not look right. Luis Severino, he looks like he's totally gassed. You know, as a young man, he threw a lot of innings last year, but, you know, well, so what? 200-something, so what? He's a young guy. Go throw. I mean, really, let's, come on. Go throw. He he looks like, like, I mean, he looked like he was going to be the Cy Young Award winner, you know, coming through the first half of the season. I mean, he looks like a completely different guy. I And I love him. I love his makeup because he wants to be the best. He wants to be viewed as the ace. But he's not looking like an ace. He's looking like a mess. It just does not look good. And now they're going to have a a one game one game shootout. Well, it's probably going to be the A's, but that's not a foregone conclusion either. You know, Astros haven't locked it up yet. I mean, th- this is very very difficult. To watch, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned with the Yankees. And and to me, it's not so much whether they get home field advantage here or they have to play on the road. A one-game shootout, you know, put on your uh, diapers because th- that's that's a scaredy cat time. A one-game shootout is a one-game shootout. And you're, um, you know... Your A's are going into the postseason with a whole lot of steam, much more steam than the Yankees. The A's are going into the postseason rolling. So, you know, you got to think about that. But this Yankee team, they just they just don't look right. And you know what? They got to play. Well, by the time you hear this, they will have already played the Red Sox once because this gets posted uh, Wednesday, uh, uh, Wednesday morning, but in at the time of, uh, that I'm talking, the Yankees have six games left with the Red Sox. Now it means nothing. Red Sox probably by the time you hear this, Red Sox may have already clinched their division. But you know the Red Sox would like nothing more than to break the Yankees' balls, for lack of a better term. Big time, because I'll tell you what. The wild card team is going to play the Red Sox. The Red Sox aren't stupid. They don't want any part of their arch rivals in the postseason. See, I'm I'm not worried so much about the Yankees. If the Yankees can get to the playoffs... When I say get to the playoffs, I'm talking about the division series. If the Yankees can come out of 
the wild card alive. I mean, I don't expect them to go as far as they did last year. I don't see this Yankee team getting to within one game of the World Series. But, you know, if you got Judge back, you know, it remains to be seen. I mean, I wouldn't want to face the Yankees in that series, especially from the Red Sox, because it's the rivalry, it's the intangibles. So the Red Sox, anything the Red Sox can do to break the Yankees' balls to, to help themselves, they're going to do it. And they could do it footloose and fancy free because they'll, they'll have it all clinched up. But Yanks just look like a team struggling to get to the finish line. It, it, it's really, um, I never thought I would be seeing this this year. Really. I just, I just did not expect to be seeing this. I, I, I'm kind of dumbfounded. Not kind of, I am. I, ju- I just, I understand that, you know, there's peaks and valleys in a season, but they just look like a dog-tired team with nothing in the tank whatsoever. Dog, dog-tired. And I, I, it's, it's, Severino is just shocking me. I mean, last year, you know, he threw 193 innings. Okay. He's a young, big, young, strong guy. Like people say to me, well, maybe he's tired. Tired my ass. I mean, this this kid was rocking and rolling the first half of the season. I mean, you know, you look at his record now, he's 17 and 8. Not if you look at the first half of the season, you're not so impressed. So, who knows what's going to be by the next time we have our conversation next week? I don't know. You know, and I specifically, you know, last week we had Phil Sims on. I specifically didn't want a guest on today because you know we're coming into this stretch where. You know, lots going on, so I thought we needed to discuss this stuff. And who knows what's going to be the situation next week because, you know, that's the final week of the season. We'll be going into the final weekend of the season. But, boy, let me tell you, I I did not expect to see this from the Yankees. And I'll, I'll be frank with you, it doesn't matter. What the Red Sox are doing now, just the Yankees don't look right. They just look like a team that's beat. When I say beat, exhausted. Now, when you lose, you know, you know, you don't look good, okay? But it's not just losing. You know, they just look and they just don't look right. And now the people are also calling for, you know, Aaron Boone's uh, scalp. Look, I wasn't in support of Aaron Boone being hired. But let me correct that. I wasn't in support of Joe Girardi not being rehired. 
especially for the horse shit reason that Cashman and everybody gave. Oh, oh you, you know, he's, you know, maybe it's communication with younger players. There was no problem with the communication with younger players. They got with, within one game of the World Series last year. But, you know, that's that's an old story. It happened. They chose Aaron Boone. But as, um, what was it, Michael Ray Richardson, that old Nick used to say, the ship be sinking. And this ship be sinking. And somebody better plug the holes real fast, otherwise they're going down. And what's the, what's that uh, the commercial with the alarm thing? Help! I've fallen and I can't get up. The old lady on the floor. Help! I've fallen and I can't get up. Right now, the Yanks seem to have fallen. It remains to be seen if they can get up. Anyway, my friends, that is a wrap. On today, I want to thank you all for being part of uh, Get a Load of This. Now I like to get a load of you. Uh, let me know how you feel. You can contact me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. On Facebook, you can check out my website, russsalzberg.com. Uh, whatever you want to do. But they uh, always love to hear your thoughts. I want to thank uh, my trusty... Producer sitting across from me, Crash, also known as Mike Caragliano. What did your wife call you, Crash? You've been called worse, yeah. Okay, well, we're, we're going to call him Crash. Also want to thank uh, 77 WABC Program Director, Craig Schwab, Assistant Program Director here at 77 WABC, Matt Dahl. And as always, got to thank yous, the fans out there. Because without use the fans out there, I'd have nobody sitting here to be talking to. So until next week, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of yous, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.